Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my good friend Josh. How you going, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Having a big week? Uh, Work-wise, not really. Um, just uh, utilizing my time on other ventures, as we were discussing yep. earlier. And um, yeah, yep. apologies if we get some dropouts today, mate. My my internet's gone, so I'm on my phone again. You're on the phone, Wi-Fi. Good yeah. Night. Pretty standard for our podcast. <laughs> How's your week been, mate? Yeah, it's okay. I'm on annual leave this week, so having fun with the kids, doing some day trips and doing some uh, brizzy, brizzy adventures. So that's good fun. Family time. Good. Yeah, a couple of bikes. How's the rides, weather up there, mate? Oh, mate, it's been been perfect, perfect, perfect crystal days. Bit chilly, but I, I won't say too chilly, and I won't tell you the degrees because you just laugh at me because I know you're. You're probably freezing, freezing your nads off in Canberra down there, but I think it got, think it got to six degrees this morning, mate, up here. That is pretty cold for up there. Is that your high? Um, no, I think we cracked ten today, but um, oh. we had a we had a morning, pretty pretty cold morning. It was like feels like negative eight point eight, and I like I let the dog out the back. It was so funny, and he went ice skating because um, it rained yesterday. And then um, uh, we had a, a, a like a negative five morning or something. It was silly, and um, yeah, the whole deck was frozen over with about two mil of ice. And he jumped outside, just went ass over, and just couldn't get off the deck. <laughs> yeah, we just don't have to worry about that up here. That's yeah, that's an injury waiting to happen, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But um, no, it's good. The heater works good in the house. So I'm 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 grateful for that. That's all you need. Well, mate, let's turn our attention to the share market, I guess. And we we're talking a little bit off air about this. You, you were just so flabbergasted. Let's use the word flabbergasted at the, the meta share price. The, the tech stocks in the US have just been going bananas. Um, I know here in Australia, like some of the tech shares have been going pretty good as well. Zero, uh, which is an accounting software, is up 70% year to date. Like just, just phenomenal. And I guess... I don't know, man. Why? Why the tech? Why is tech going so good at the moment? Yes, good to point. put you on the spot. Yeah, well, straight up, like I have no clue. Um, <laughs> um, they, like they all they they crash pretty hard, right? And as we know, we're in. It's a weird market. We're, we're seeing we are seeing the ups and downs. Um, I think we discussed this last week, you know, and so many of the professionals come out and said like it's going to be like the 70s where we see this up and down period mm. an upswing like who knows they might get to their all-time highs again i think you were saying a minute ago off air microsoft uh back up to that all-time high period you know apple apple's yeah. pushing there as well it's like um you know once they started coming off of that amount everyone was talking about the massive crash including us and i think we 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 do always have that pessimistic outlook right on the on the market just because it is crazily high. It has been for a while, but now with interest rates coming up, you know, does that mean that stock prices should be less? You know, you're not getting that uh, discount. Is it what is the discount cash flow model? You know, it's not mm. it's not as um favorable for that. You're not you, you're going to carry a lot more risk. So. I don't know. Everything's pumping up again. What happens in the next month? Who knows? Who cares? We don't worry about that. 
Well, mate, not everything. If we, I guess, if we go the reverse, I mean, tech tech's been doing really, really well. Anything sort of AI related as well. But if we look at the retail sector, and I always have a bit of an, a, a, I guess, a, a pull towards retail for some reason. I think there's some just fun retail shares out there for me personally. But retail has been, I guess, beaten down pretty hard, uh, and it's been, you know, it's probably. Uh, going a bit sideways, but mostly mostly down, on, especially here in Australia. And we we sort of already know that you know, the question marks around recession, you know, interest rates are still going up. We've just had another twenty five basis interest rate hike about three weeks ago. And I was reading today on the back of you know really decent employment data uh, last week. I think it was that there are some economists now saying that there's going to be another 50 basis or, you know, they're starting to price in another 50 basis uh, hike from the, you know, interest rates. So that that's obviously, you know, hurts, you know, people's bank balances and their ability to save and discretional spending. So we are seeing some of those discretional spending retail shares just absolutely pummeled, you know, with, you know, in, in opposition to the tech shares. So, I mean, I, I was saying off air, it's, we've got the reporting season coming up here, June, June of July, August here in Australia. And I personally am a little bit interested to see what's going to happen, particularly with some of those retail shares that have been bashed around a real little bit. You know, do some of them come out with downgrades? And if that's the case, like for me personally, retail then starts to get a little bit interesting. I'm not buying anything there at the moment. But I certainly have my um, certainly have my ready, you know, my finger ready to hit the trigger button on some of those shares if there's some, uh, you know, some downgrades, but nothing sort of too too terrible. And as we know, business plans shot and and you know, management issues and all that sort of stuff, where the story changes for us on some of those, I guess, legacy type investing companies. But um, yeah, for me, that mate, that's that's what I'm looking forward to a little bit coming into reporting season here and looking at some of the, you know, the cool retail stocks. Yeah, yeah, and I guess like you touched on it there, but you know, do you see this as a short term event? Ah, oh, do you mean inflation high or or, or well, just like, the retail you know, sector getting in terms smashed? of the retail sector? You know, do you see this? you know, potential downgrading as a short-term event or do you see it being lingering around for a while given high inflation and higher interest rates? I guess it, it depends a little bit. You know, like if you're looking at, um, what's a good example? Uh, like in the retail space, you know, here in Australia, you've got uh, like maybe Harvey Norman or, or um, you know, JB Hi-Fi or Nick Scarly Furniture where, you know, with COVID, we saw this huge increase. You know, people wanted to stay at home. They were, you know, redoing furniture. People were moving all the time because of the real estate boom. You know, what was there a lot of sort of, you know, I guess, purchases of that sort of, you know, retail sectors brought forward. And and so, what are we going to see now? Now, so I am you know, am a holder of Nick Scarly, mm-hmm. and it's a very well managed company, uh, very good dividend, and but we might see them get downgraded or a little bit of a surprise happen. JB Hi-Fi is similar. You know, they sort of sell, you know, anything, you know, all the electronics type stuff. Uh, they also own the good guys. We're a lot of 
like goods and so forth. And JB Hi-Fi has historically been a very well-managed company. Uh, you know, they're at their last update a while back, they were still doing very well. Great dividend, 6 7% dividend at the moment. But do we see, you know, on the back of this sort of last quarter here and interest rates continually going up, do we start to see some of those earnings decline? So I haven't really answered your question. I guess retail is somewhat cyclical anyway. And, and I think some of your good retailers, I just think it's a good opportunity to buy some of these guys when this price is getting low. You know, their, their dividends are generally pretty good. They don't, you know, a lot of them don't cut their dividends too hard, you know, especially the good guys. Not the company, but the good good businesses, and um, yeah, it probably is a bit short term. But I, I think if 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 inflation hangs around here for some time, you might see some of those other guys really start to hurt a little bit, depending on what they're selling. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think inflation will eventually hurt the pockets of the big the big businesses, um, just because people won't have the money to spend, but. Um, yeah, who knows what will happen out of that. Government will probably just helicopter the money to more people's accounts. Um, <laughs> uh, CSL downgraded. No, I know that's not retail. Mm. Yeah, true. You know, that's, you know, one of their first downgrades they would have done in a fair while. Um, they downgraded their financial year 23 profits. Uh, I think they dropped 8% when they did. Yeah, they got hit pretty hard. CSL is an interesting company. Absolutely uh, one of the best, um, I guess, uh, what 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 um, field would you put it in? Are they, are they pharmaceutical? Not really pharmaceutical. They, they do sort of plasma flu biotech. Yeah, so absolutely killer biotech in the world. Yeah, a big world player has been an amazing share. I think listed at $2 <laughs> many, many years ago. So kudos to you if you got in at that price and, and, has, and yeah. has held on. But they, it really has been going sideways for some time. I bought CSL a few years ago. And I think I'm pretty much even. Uh, it has just been tracking sideways for a long time. So uh, you're right. You would have to go back through history here to see when or if there was a time when CSL has downgraded the earnings. I, that would be that's a really interesting question. If any viewers know, let hit us up and let us let us know. But you're absolutely right, mate. Um, you know they're kind of saying you know a bit of a COVID hangover. Uh, there's some headwinds with the the I think the dollar was was part, one of part of the reason as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't read the full report on that one, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. Given uh, healthcare typically does okay in an inflationary environment it's often sort of i guess considered to be a little bit defensive well, I guess that makes sense too right because if you think about it like healthcare is not something that gets put on the back burners for a lot of people uh especially when you got public hospitals you know needing equipment needing supplies mm. and government funding it it's um you know not a lot's going to change there and the government's more than happy to splash money around so um but yeah, CSL share price is roughly the same as what it was in the peak of the COVID collapse. So. Yeah, they got smashed in COVID. Like in America, everyone was sort of getting mailed checks. So in America, when you give blood, you get paid for it. And and CSL relies on people giving blood and plasma and, you know, then they you know whip up their genius with, with the blood and pl plasma and so forth. And, and, and they had huge uh, reduction in that. Not, not to mention because of 
you know, the virus, people were staying home as well. So people didn't need the money and people were staying home. So but they have been they have been smashed through that period. You know, if you and if you look at CSL historically, sometimes and I'm not saying this is a buy at all, and definitely not advice, but when CSL has tracked sideways and even gone down, it's, it has, you know, historically been a pretty good opportunity to pick them up. But but who knows? I mean, you know, is the story starting to change? Don't know. We'd have to we'd have to dive into that a little bit more. Um, yeah, I haven't haven't sort of looked at CSL. Into so. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked at CSL for some time now, in terms of their their story and so forth. But yeah, that that, that downgrade was interesting. You know, some. Yes, longer longer term headwinds in terms of the foreign exchange was the main reason. So they've downgraded their profit, and yeah. it looks like they're trying to t- tighten up some of their expenses as well a little bit. Yep, yep, sure. And um, I think you, you you messaged me during the week. You'd be listening to a different podcast on housing. Do you want to give me a quick rundown? <laughs> oh, oh, what was his name? So this was off the uh. Uh, what's the guys called now? I've forgotten their name. Uh, the yeah. Equity Mate, yeah, the yeah. Equity Mates podcast. Um, and I think his name was Matt. Uh, was it Matt Brown or Matt? Anyway, a property guy from um from Australia. He, I mean, he was, you know, you you were kind of you, you threw a couple of questions at me around this. You know, he's a bit he's a bit bearish and so forth. But you know, he he's really still calling the Australian share market. You know, one of the biggest bubbles of all time. Um, share market. Lots of sorry, sorry, my fault. Property market. Um, you know, he, you know, kind of likened it to the big short in some ways. The twenty eight two thousand and eight GFC, the financial crisis, and the and the subprime mortgages. He said there's heaps of subprime mortgages in Australia. It's well, I'm not going to do it justice here. I think go and have a listen to it. Yeah, I just can't remember his name. His name was Matt. Um, That's right. It would have been what the last couple of weeks or something based on property. Yeah, just wanted a quick rundown on uh, you know, you know, high high key points that you reckon that were passed out around there because that's always an interesting one for me, right? Like, I think um, a lot of Matt lot Barry. Of, what's that? Matt Barry was his name. Matt Barry. Yeah. yeah, go listen to that one. But yeah, like I um, I always get really interested when I hear people talk about the property market because it's usually the it always gets talked about because everything is becoming more and more. Australia loves it. Yeah. And, and yeah, like basically if the property market in Australia collapses, and Australia's economy collapses, which is an interesting one. I think, you know, seven tenths, I think it's up towards that amount is, is in property for Australia, the economy. So, um, yeah. but you know, nothing is too big to fall. Right. Um, but yeah, I always, I always find it interesting when somebody else comes out and says this stuff. So, I I haven't listened to it, and that's you know that's on me. I still want to go listen to that, and it's always good to good to have both sides of the story. But yeah, I think it's like every time. I think it's a good it's a big news story at least once a year, right? Like talking about you know the everything's too expensive. We're going to have a, a collapse, but it, I always akin to like the you know stories back in the 70s and 80s when it's like oh property is too expensive it's like is it like i know it's a expense it probably is too expensive for so many people now as well and and yeah it's it's not ideal it really isn't but like you know what fixes that and does that mean it collapses essentially 
He throws some good figures in it. It is worth a listen. And I, again, I probably didn't do it justice on our messaging because you said, you know, give me the one sentence um, summary. <laughs> but, you know, like in terms of like the set, you know, the example you used there of the 70s and 80s, like it was, I think a house cost three or four times your the average salary. We And I think he uses Sydney as a, an example. Sydney is one of the most expensive, if not the second most expensive you know, real estate market in the world. Um, Based on average salary? According to him. No, it's just, no. So that is just, it's just the most expensive um, market. However, he said like current prices, you know, it, we're around sort of 13, 13.8 times the average salary. And this is what he's saying in terms of affordability. We are really getting to these points where it, it is, it's almost like, you know, these 20 to 30 year olds, it's almost unachievable. People are going to have to take on a million dollar mortgage. And, you know, like if, if the mortgages are 30 years, it's almost, it's almost unachievable to pay this off in 30 years. Yeah. So at what point, and, and I mean, you'll, you'll know this too, like rent is just, rent's astronomical. I've had, had multiple people um, very recently been told that their rent is going up $125 a week, you know, from 400. Yeah. So like he uses some great stats around that. You know, I know interest rates are really high in the eighties and, and people can say, Oh, we'll pay high interest rates, but it's, it's, it's the price of the homes versus the average salary. The salary salaries have not increased as much as mortgages have, I think is one of his points. And, you know, Again, the the government love property. It's a it's a great. Um, and I'm not a, an expert at all, but it's a great way to raise money through stamp duties and all that sort of stuff. Migration coming in. He he talked. A, he did a big spiel about migration as well. Like we've we've actually got, I think some of the biggest migration numbers on record coming into Australia at the moment. But things aren't as means tested. He was saying. You know, they used you used to have to be able to um, show that you had 60k in cash. Well, these people don't now. And so they're getting out here and going, well, heck, it's pretty hard to live here in Australia. It's really expensive. How are we supposed to do anything? And so, you know, like I think, you know, he made a few very valid points and it was a good listen. And I think it's probably, I don't know much about him. It'd be worthwhile researching uh, him and seeing where what he's, all about and and so forth but um it was it was interesting and i, I find those ones because i don't often listen i listen to the property couch guys a fair bit yeah uh i've actually i've taken them off my radar for a while but um yeah interesting reader listen i'm trying to think of if there's anything else in there that was um really worthwhile mentioning can't think of anything else that's a good high end, man. That's a good high end key points. I think um yeah, definitely go listen to a little plug for the equity mates there and uh go listen to the Matt Barry episode. They had a really good episode that we've discussed a few times, uh, you know, a couple of months ago now on uh, you know a bit of property and and you know what another wave of inflation could potentially do to both stock markets and property markets and interest rates and so forth. So yeah, it would be interesting to see how high interest rates go. Well, I guess though, well, a couple of things can happen, can't they? They can maybe sit and hold and what we know is they're going to combat inflation. 
it, they have to get it back down. Like anything sort of four, five, six percent where it's at at the moment is is like everyone's feeling it, you know, in terms of that high inflation. So one of the best ways they can combat that is raise interest rates. And um, but you know, they can. I guess they could also keep pushing until something breaks. And and like. <laughs> I think there will be there. There are a lot of people already hurting, and you know, I got a real estate agent friend who just they they can't get property at the moment. No one's selling. Yeah. So, I mean, we really haven't even gone through that. I guess desperate selling phase yet. Maybe, maybe we don't get there. Um, but yeah, because because that's what's gonna that's that that's a good sign, you know, and that's a current good sign of like if if something's starting to shake a bit. You know, a lot of people are selling because they're, they're struggling and they can't afford it, so they sell. And that usually brings property prices down. So we have, we've seen a little bit of that, I guess, um, but then it turned around very quickly, right? And that was basically yeah. an interest rate rises. So I guess we've still got periods of time now where people are still going to come off of those locked-in low prices. Like I was talking to friends who this year, their oh, yeah. 2% mortgage comes off of a thing. I'm like, wow, 2% to 6%, that's a big jump. Um, I, I've ridden that all the way up too. I never had anything locked in on mine. So, um, you know, I haven't seen the, the cliff, the, the cliff pain. I've just seen the, uh, the linear pain, which feels less painful. Right. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's interesting. I've seen data recently, like, you know, last quarter, I think Sydney property prices grew 4% again and, and Melbourne and Brisbane were just under 2%. Like, yeah, you just don't know. Like it's just, Property is a slow-moving beast, right? And it's not like the stock market. You can't see the price of your property tomorrow. Um, mm. You know, you can only see lagging indicators usually. The, I always find the best indicator with property is to look at um, look at the auction clearance rates. But then again, auctions are ma mainly Sydney and Melbourne. You know, Brisbane's picking up a little bit now and, and that. But, you know, we've still got property selling locally here in ACT. Like, I think one of my friends who's a real estate agent, $1.75 million and that's not even in a, so it's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Actually that just you saying that has jogged my memory. Matt Barr talks about that as well. You you don't actually know how good the property market's going. You know, it's very hard. You know, you can have people listing at a certain price and getting it and then someone else listing and it's going like, it's, he said it's actually a bit, bit hard to, to understand. And you mentioned it's a bit of a lagging indicator. And uh, one of the other points he said was he's never seen more furnished houses for rent. And and his theory is that people have gone, oh, heck, I can't afford to pay the mortgage. I need to get some income. And so they rent out their house and they literally just out of the house and keep it furnished. And it, it, that that's his theory. So that, that was an interesting theory. But yeah, yeah, he made a good point on the mortgage cliff. He talks about that as well. And he can articulate it far better than me yeah um th that's that's still coming there's been i can't remember how many you said it. it's it's an astronomical figure yeah okay over the next over the next few months to i think six to eight months there's you know all these people are swapping out from yeah their fixed mortgages of 1.8 and two percent <laughs> and they're going to be seeing mortgages of of six and seven percent most probably yeah uh, well, which would be you know you get you get charged higher interest rates just because you're trying to better your better yourself um so i think yeah. mine both got sixes low sixes at the moment um we'll see we'll see what, where they go 
you know, especially if we see a half half the percent interest rate rise next month, that'd be crazy. But never know anymore, eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, mate, you got anything else to add? No, it's, it's, you want to chat about? It's a good conversation. It's nice. It's just putting each other mis- on the spot. <laughs> well, here, mate, I've got a question for you. Mm-hmm. We're at sort of the end of financial year here. What have you learned? What's been your biggest, um, you know, lesson this year? I guess right, in your investing journey in the last, I guess, let's just go six months because it's been such a whacked twelve months in terms of up and down. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The, the two biggest points of this, uh, and this is something I'll remember forever now, uh, selling isn't always good with uh, stocks. Uh, <laughs> I think we've discussed this a few times. Uh, more, Not even more than not. It's like 99.9% of the time when I look back at it selling something, I've made the wrong decision, uh, whether yeah. that's six months, six years, whatever. Um, just don't sell. If it's a good company, don't sell. Um, secondly, uh, I I think it's very, very smart for people who do go into property to not over leverage yourself. Um, that's one thing I always made sure that I didn't do to myself. And right now I'm glad because like even with these interest rates at 6% for property, you know, I'm feeling the pinch um, and, you know, it, it does start to affect uh, a lifestyle it starts to affect how you live day to day week to week like it's you know we, we make the decision now where it's like we we love our coffees and we love our coffee dates and that's part of our lifestyle here and it's just like hey um let's let's not do that every, every you know every couple of days it's it's now it's like we'll just make a coffee at home and i know that's first world problems 100 percent, but that's it starts to affect lifestyle you know so um yeah just I'm so grateful that I had a plan done. I'm so grateful that I, I didn't over leverage myself. And I think that's, that's probably the biggest key takeaway of my short, you know, half a decade investing career. Excellent, mate. That's good advice. And all I also heard from that is, you know, just going back to retail shares, Breville. So are you saying people are going to be ditching the cafes for their home coffee machines? Maybe (laughs) Breville, Breville might be, Breville might be something to look at. Oh, yeah. You, you could look at it that way. Um, personally, I think, uh, <laughs> personally, I think society is um, very short-term gratifying. And I don't think cafes will be hurting too much just for a little while at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good one, mate. Yeah, thanks for that. And um, yeah, what was, the, what was the first point? Don't sell. Yeah, but I think you made a good point there. Don't sell good companies. I mean, we've talked about the ones, you know, plenty of times in the past and yeah it's always been those good ones that come back to bite you hey you just get a little bit you know whether you need the money or you just want to take some profits or um i have done slightly better job this year i've taken every time i've taken some profits it's always come back to bite me but a couple of times it's it's done um has, has worked in my favor i've also nibbled more when the when a good company has you know been down you know, lower PEs, um, you know, maybe reverse of the cycle type thing. Um, that's worked out well for me in the last 12 months, actually, more times than not. So, yeah, yeah it's, and, but again, it's, it's holding a good company. Story hasn't changed. Short-term problem. Share price goes down and it's, you know, yay. So, yeah. Yeah, no, good point. 
All right. Well, thanks to everyone for tuning in to another episode of the Legacy Podcast. I'm Nate, and we'll be back again next week. Thanks, mate. Yes, mate. Look forward to it. Have a good one. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial